0: I hope that you are good today how are you i mean i feel good i arrived uh, yesterday and thank god that there was no ban from philippines that any from singapore cannot come here in philippines and thank god for your prayers i know most of you are praying for us in singapore and um right now please do continue to pray because <clears throat> of the covid uh, 19 issue uh, I think, um, if I'm right, about 50 or slightly over 50 percent of the church are not attending our regular service. They are, they are looking or are watching us on streamlining or on our online streamline video coverage, because. Um, The government in Singapore is so strict that if you feel not okay physically, you're advised really to stay at home so that um, we will be able to contain the virus um, effectively. So I am afraid that you will be afraid to come to me and to shake my hand today because I come from Singapore. Um, but, But anyway, thank God that our church um, is spared, and we are not. We are not um, presumptuous that we will not be able to have a case in our church. What is the problem in Singapore today is that two of the clusters are coming from the churches. So that's why many of our domestic helpers, our household keep um, work workers in Singapore, they are advised by their employers not to go out during Sunday. If ever they are allowed to go out, they are advised not to go to churches. So some called me and said, Pastor, what will we do? (laughs) Are we going to go out and just go to church without our employers? No, don't do that. You're lying. If ever something will happen to you, you will be accountable. So please please talk to them. uh, Explain to them that we are doing our best to uh, protect ourselves here. So You cannot worship the Lord by lying, right? So thank God I saw two of them last Sunday, and I said, what happened? Uh, And they they said that, Pastor, I told them, and I prayed, and God touched their hearts, and they allowed us. So thank God for those uh, privileges. Now, what I learned about this COVID-19 virus outbreak is that it will create in us awareness that we have to celebrate life moment by moment isn't it we dare not to presume that we wake up every morning and say this day is okay for me today because of this outbreak and the uncertainty and the unpredictability of life every moment we should celebrate life we should celebrate that God is gracious to us his steadfast love never ceases every morning right we dare not to presume that God is gracious to us if it did not happen to you and to me it's not because that we are better than others But because God is gracious to us we are not going to to say ourselves oh maybe God is loving me more or God is gracious to me more than the Chinese in Wuhan China no we are no better than them God is just gracious so without much ado let us go to our text today um, on John chapter 21 if you have your Bibles with you I think we have it on our screen let us read together John 21:15 to 19 I hope you can see that on, on on the screen now this is the this is the conversation of the Lord Jesus Christ with Peter a few days after the resurrection so if you have um, okay It's already on the screen, so let us read together. Ready? Begin. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, then my ship, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my ship. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. And another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God and after saying this he said to him follow me let us pray father we are so thankful that you have brought us here this morning we thank you you that you have directed our steps and most importantly you have directed our hearts to come and worship you Lord we We now come to the point where we we are going to um, lay ourselves open before you in order for you to speak to us through your word. Father, as the Psalmist said in Psalm 19, verse 10, open our minds that we may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Today, your Father, give us a receptive heart, a receptive mind, most importantly to your speaker this morning. Lord, you said in Psalm 51 that the broken and the contrite heart you will not despise. Father, you 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 saw our hearts. I mean, nothing is hidden in our hearts, Lord, today. And I pray and I and I and I beg you to use your word, Lord, to minister to each one. I don't know if their hearts, or they don't know my heart. Nobody knows except yourself and us. I pray to Father that will we'll be. Um, that teachable will allow you to 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 just speak to us wonderfully this morning help us to refresh our love to you and to your word today and remove every distractions every hindrance bind the hand of the enemy that you will not distract us this this very important um, time where we are going to listen to you in Jesus name we pray amen I guess uh, the story of Peter um, denying the Lord for three times and after that, you know, he was restored by the Lord. In this story, uh, this story is familiar to you and to all of us who have read the Bible of maybe a few times. This um, this is a wonderful story of how God restored Peter, the leader of the apostles. <clears throat> now, it's it's a wonderful thought that, God or Jesus did not just allow Peter to just go on without restoring his relationship with you. And I don't know how Peter had felt when the Lord Jesus Christ had asked him for three times. He said, do you love me or do you love me more than this? And I believe that this morning, this should be the question that we need to ask to our hearts, to my heart. Do I love Jesus more today than yesterday? Do I love Jesus more than anything else in this world? The issue of our life is not any other else or anything except loving God. Isn't it? The issue is, do we love really God more and more each day? It is the greatest commandment, according to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, that the Lord he was asked here, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. You know that this is the greatest commandment, right? But we know for certain that today we we cannot deny, and it's really an obvious thing we see in churches and in Christians who, 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 who call themselves Christians, who, who claim that they belong to the Lord or they belong to the family of God, that the love of, of, of God is not really that, Reflected in the lives of people because that is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 verse 12. He said in Matthew 24 that in the last days the love of many shall grow cold. Or in our King James Version shall wax cold. And I tell you this does not refer only to the non-believers because in the first place they don't have a love to the Lord that becomes cold. It it, it is talking about Christians or the elect or those who belong to the Lord, those who say that they belong to the Lord, and they are not really that 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 true in what they claim as they, are, they, they love the Lord. It means that in the last days, there will be many who will say, I love God, but actually in their lives, they do not display that they love God. And I think it's because this is the... Nature has spoken in the Bible about the last days. In the last days, according to, to Paul, as he addressed to the young pastor of Ephesus, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. It's a, it's a good read there, but let me just pick up these thoughts from Paul writing to Timothy. He said that in the last days, people will be lovers of what? Pleasures, money, aside from God. They have godliness, but denying the power thereof. Now, this is the malady of the time. This is the, the, um, shall I say, the virus that we need to address to today. More than the COVID-19. That we will not be inflected or infected by this coldness of our heart toward the Lord Jesus Christ. That our love will grow stronger and stronger day by day. Now, another aspect that we like to ask is this, that is faithfulness as a Christians toward ch- Christian activities, whatever, Bible study, permitting, services, is that an indication that a person really loved the Lord? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because in Revelation chapter 3, when Paul, I mean, when the Lord Jesus Christ addressed the problem of Ephesus in Revelation chapter 3, He commended the church because of their faithfulness, isn't it? If you read that that, that first few verses of Revelation chapter 3, he said, you Ephesians are commendable because you cannot bear those who teach wrong doctrine. You are patient. You are long-suffering. But when you go to verse 4 or verse 5, he said, nevertheless, I have something against you because you have left or you have abandoned your first love. Now this is very scary for us because it can happen to you and to me and, I, and, and, and don't be surprised. When I went to the Bible school, my pastor, which is my compare now because he is the father-in-law of my eldest daughter. Now he was my pastor in, in Leti before. He told me, and I was I a was little really surprised when he told me that uh, this. He said, "Sario, when you go to dawn?" Please don't be surprised because <clears throat> the worst backsliders are inside <laughs> inside the seminary. The worst backsliders are inside the seminary. So what? <laughs> I thought the seminary is heaven on earth. I thought that it's like paradise because you talk the Bible every day. You, you are learning the Bible day by day. You are hearing the Bible day by day. Chapel hours every morning. I mean, I, I was a monitor in the dorm and I led the devotions every early morning and late at night and we teach and we learn the bible day by day but he was true he was true it's not a guarantee that you read the bible and you study the bible and you learn the bible so much that you are that 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 you reflect that you really love the lord it's not a guarantee now if you read in the web some christian website websites and try to just Google how to cultivate our love to the Lord. I found out that many of these, shall we say, writings and preachings are more on the how to do, what to do. I'm afraid that we will boil down into a performance mode of cultivating our love to the Lord because there's nothing, or there's not so much on what we are going to do in order to cultivate our love for the Lord. My question is. Can we really improve the love of God towards us? Can you do something so that God will love you more? Now my Bible, our Bibles will tell us that He loves us unconditionally. His love, according to Romans chapter 8, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Even death, even your sin. Even our failures, even our weaknesses cannot separate us from the love of Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that it is a license for us to go sinning. But I tell you, nothing that we can do that can improve the love of God to us. His love is so wonderful. It's so lavish. It's so immense that it's overwhelming, immeasurably overwhelming when we think about the love of Christ. So... I hope and I pray that we will not fall into the trap of performance mode in our Christianity that is religion folks religion will tell you do this in order that God will bless you God will do you these blessings or God will do this, this good things to you that's religion and that's why prosperity gospel has flourished these days because it's appealing it's like bargaining it's like it's like bribing God I do this to you Lord I give so much to the church I do these good things. I, I, I I serve you faithfully. That's why you have to do this to me. That's why you are going to bless me. Now we have a member in Bye Bye Lady before. Her daughter uh, was about to take the pharmacist board exam, and she donated a lot of money to the church. And to cut the story short, her daughter did not pass the board exam, and then she went to the pastor and she asked the pastor with questions in her in her face wondering why she said pastor i give so much money to the church why is it that my daughter did not pass the board exam and i was there so i said wow (laughs) how many christians had 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 this kind of attitude i do this to the lord so the lord will do this to me now we cannot do that who are we who are you and i to say that I have done this to the Lord so God will do this to me. So l- let me just give you two reasons today. Two reasons today how on why or these are the reasons that can provoke us or promote us to love God more or love Jesus more. Just two reasons for today. By the way how long will I preach? Okay. I, I don't know okay and uh, let me just move fast okay number one reason is it's very important the sacrificial love of jesus to us should promote us to love him more okay it's not on what we have done or what we are going to do it's what jesus has done let's go back to the cross Let's go back to Calvary. Let's go back to the place where he offered himself to us and let's always muse and remember and reflect this day by day and there will be no moment in your life that you'll not be grateful and thankful in your life that Jesus did to you and in response to that automatically or somehow like an automatic thing, you'll love the Lord more. Isn't it? Paul, who was a persecutor when in fact he said I am the worst of sinners he did not say that I'm one of the sinners he said I'm the worst in 1st Corinthians chapter 15 but God has been merciful to him counting him faithful putting him into the ministry and that's why he said in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14 for the love of Christ constraineth me in our kingdoms for the love of Christ controls me it's the love of God that controls him because one had died for all therefore we all have died. but in non mga nga kung nato ang paghigugma sa Dios kanato that thinking that mind that reflection will control us will control us you know and that's why in Philippi, eh, no in first john chapter 4 verse 19 we know this verse we love him because he first loved us why we are going to love jesus why we are going to love god because he first loved us he initiated his love for us romans chapter 5 8 is very classic verse very important verse very wonderful verse god shows his love toward us god demonstrates his love toward us he demonstrates his love toward us when we were lovable when there was something good in you and in me that he loves no, while we were yet sinners. Now, it's mind-boggling, actually, but it is found in the Bible. According to revelations that Jesus is slain before the foundation of the world. Actually, what happened at Calvary was not the exact really date that he, he was slain. Actually, it was done already in time immemorial in the past. He was slain before the foundation of the world that's what the bible says it means that jesus death at the cross was not an afterthought what do you mean that's why god has to find a solution that's what i mean before the creation of the world before the creation of man god has already preordained i don't know how can i explain this but he was slain before the foundation of the world before anything else before you were born, before I was born, before anything else in this world, He was slain before the foundation of the world for you, unconditionally. That's mind-boggling, isn't it? Thinking about that just overwhelm us of how God loves you and me. That's why if you're here this morning and you say you're struggling about love, loving God, just think of this. The ang problema sa is, now we fail because God expects already that we fail. Okay. The problem as a Christian is that we are imperfect because God understands already that you are imperfect. The problem is that we have not really come to the point of recognizing that there is a God who is perfect, who is holy, who loves you so much. And reflecting on that, that he, he cares so, so much that he died for us and he sacrifices all for us i mean it will not just make you you know that does not make you comfortable does not make you i mean comforted for the fact that you you have that salvation in christ but you will be motivated you'll be motivated to respond to respond to him in love tayo mga mga pilipino kitang mga pilipino na mga kinaiya nga gitawag na utang kabubuton right a more appropriate na sa, sa tagalog, utang kabubutun. and that's a good trait, I believe. May sobrang usahay, no. Ang utang kabubutun is this: na <clears throat> if something or somebody gave, I mean, favored me for build something, di ako mapakalinan, di makabalos, right? Kinangla mo balos ko. I I've witnessed this many times sa among mga friends who come to Singapore when we accommodate them there. When we, you know, tour them around, when we let them stay at our house, and they always say, "Pastor uh, Pagulid, niyo sa Pilipinas ah, palihog yud paibaw amike para makabalos mi, para makabalos mi sin yung kaayo." You know, my wife loves to cook, as long as it's something to cook. <laughs> I mean, when we have visitors at home. I mean, Dili lang silanga, pakaunun nimi is pa balloonan siya ngao, wala din lang mumuk palit palit sa mahal. Mahalong too big, mahalang na balloonani. And some of these say, Dila lang mom. Dala lang, you will regret if you not bring this one. And you know what? If you do good things to people, especially in the Philippines, there's that kind of feeling that I have to repay back. I have to pay back. And that's a good trait. Now, kita pang Christiano karun. If you're a Christian today, if you really know the Lord, how much more this will be reinforced in you and in me? How much more that this will be, you know, strengthened in you and me? What can I, uh, can I do? According to Psalm sixteen verse 12, what should I do for the Lord for all His benefits that He, he did to me? Think of this. His love, His sacrificial love, will steer, up, will steer us to love the Lord more. And this is reflected... By our obedience to the Lord. Isn't it? John 14, verse 15. See, si Jesus outlined outline that those who are obedient to the Lord, sila kad nahigugma sagino. Isn't it? Those who love the Lord will be more obedient. In verse 21, if you really love me, you'll obey me. Okay? That's wonderful, right? Because sometimes, you parents, we want our children to obey. But sometimes we coerce them. Sometimes we we put pressure to them. I'm your parent or your father. You have to obey me, or else. Well, or like or else you cannot do this. You cannot go out. We we put our authority to them, and you know we motivate them to to do something to obey us by fear that not not the kind of fear that that is whole and 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 reverential fear like that but let it be that we will learn from the Lord the Lord wants us to fear him the Lord wants us to love him and this will be translated and reflected in our obedience to him God wants us to obey him out of love and this love is generated is cultivated when we reflect about His sacrificial love for you and for me, And that's why in first John chapter five verse three, when John said there that when we love the Lord, how as how are we going to look unto the to the law? Unsa ato pagtanaw sa mga kasuguan sa gino? Unsa ato pagtanaw sa kabubuton sa gino? Ingubadina, obedience to the law is not burdensome isn't it let me clarify this obedience to the law is not burdensome but it's a burden the law is hard to do the law is always the law it always is a is like against our will It's always counter or against the current of what is comfortable and pleasurable to you, I tell you, the law is always a law, right? The law is not pleasurable by itself, because the law is against our flesh, isn't it? Ang atong ununun nga kinabuhi, atong ununun nga kinaiya will always wonder what is comfortable, what is pleasurable, what is convenient, but the law says. You have to obey God, even when this is not convenient and comfortable to you. It's a burden, but it's not burdensome to those who love God. It means that although it's a pain, there is suffering in obedience to God, but you find it pleasurable because you love God. Husband and wife, can you (laughs) resonate with this? Is it always. Pleasurable to wake up in the morning to cook for your husband, ladies, or wives? ninyong, gisipon ka, gilantan ka, you have to wake up to cook for your husband. Is it pleasurable? You have a young child, toddler, nagkasakit, 2 o'clock, you have to wake up and to take care of your young child? Is it pleasurable? No, it's a burden. But it's not burdensome for you who love your children. It's not burdensome for you, wife, who love your husband. Husband. Is it pleasurable? nga intriga mo, the muscle, dutan, si mosawa. na taunta <laughs> pa. I mean, you surrender your all to, to your to your wife. No, it's not pleasurable, you know, to sacrifice. It's a burden, but it's not burdensome, right? Because of love. That's number one. Okay. Number two. Number two is quite. Obvious also, it's because His Spirit, or the reason is His Spirit sustains us to love Him more. His Spirit sustains us to love Him more. You cannot love Jesus by your flesh and by my flesh. Nobody of us can love Jesus more and more by our strength. It's always by the strength or by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what makes christianity unique folks because christianity is not hard christianity is not difficult christianity is impossible it's only by the power of the holy spirit that you can live the christian life especially about loving you don't have the innate ability and capacity to love god and others without the spirit let me clarify this because it's not about Trusting the spirit plus myself? No, it's by the spirit only. Romans chapter five, verse five says, "The love of Christ, okay, is shed abroad in my hearts." True, the spirit, isn't it? Romans chapter five. Through the spirit. So what does this mean? It means that we have to be controlled to the spirit. Moment by moment, you see. Ang feeling the Holy Spirit according to Ephesians 5 verse 18 is not a one-time event. It is a repeated occurrence because feeling of the Spirit is dependent upon our surrender to His control day by day. You cannot be filled unless you allow Him to do so. Okay, Just like today, you're listening to me. You cannot listen to me and receive this message unless you allow me to speak to you you allow yourself you surrender yourself to pay attention to what i'm going to say so feeling the holy spirit is not a one-time event it is a moment by moment day by day that is why my measure my measure of spiritual maturity is not because you are already 10 15 20 years christian you are already mature no i have seen a lot of immature christians who were saved many years ago they have only one year one year experience repeated 15 times okay maturity is measured day by day you can be mature now but tomorrow is not a guarantee because maturity is only when we are controlled by the spirit be filled with the spirit and when you are filled by the spirit his fruit will be bare, I mean, you will, will, be, will be in your life. you know The fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, self-control, temperance. This nine is the fruit of the spirit. It's not your fruit. it's not because you're good, it's not because you have this. It's the fruit of the spirit. You don't know how to love others, you don't know how to be kind to others, you don't know how to be good to others unless the spirit has controlled your life. And that's. The difference of a true Christian to somebody who has a religion because we know that the powers does not come from us many years ago when I was pastoring in Roja City <clears throat> two sisters in the church got I mean they, they, they had a quarrel a big-time quarrel because the older sister sold the property and this property was a common property of the family but it was I mean, mortgaged many years ago, and then the younger sister, I mean, redeemed him. Okay, redeemed the property, and without her knowledge, the older sister mortgaged it again. So that's why this old, this younger sister went to me and told me bluntly, "Pastor, I cannot forgive my sister." <laughs> it's just like putting a cross. <laughs> I will bring my, my hatred to the grave. <laughs> I will never forgive her for what she did to me. It's as if, it's as if I fed her with my mouth, I mean with my hands and she bit my hand as well. So I convince her that you know forgiveness is such drinking poison, you know. Thinking that the person you hate will be poisoned but you don't realize that you are the one poisoned. So you don't need to be poisoned by your own bitterness. You have to forgive. Pastor, I cannot forgive my sister. I will not forgive my sister. So after a while that I talked with her, I suggested to her something. I said, can I suggest to you something to pray about? I'm I'm not asking you to do it. I'm just asking you to pray about it. This is the prayer you need to do before the Lord. Not something to do, not not an action to do, but something to pray about. Okay, I will do it, Pastor. I will pray for it. And I said, you have to pray to God. God, give me the grace to forget my sister. And she used to look at me with staring at me and said, I cannot pray that prayer, Pastor. (laughs) And I told her, the problem now is you. You know, you not allow God to change your heart you don't have the forgiveness you don't have the capacity to let go of the emotional hurt but god can do it if you ask him to who among us can love the unlovable who can who can love the enemy when the lord jesus christ love your enemies you have enemy i know what you're thinking you want to kill your enemy nobody wants to be good to his enemy but jesus said love your enemy For what reason? is Are they lovable? Do they have good traits that we have to love them? No, it's because of the love of Christ in us. It's because we know that we have the love of Christ in us. Through the Spirit. We can do something extraordinary and naturally that only when we have the Holy Spirit, we can do it. This is the amazing work of the Holy Spirit. That's why God is still doing miracles today changing lives, changing hearts. Wow. Way back, it was pastoring in, in, in Bye Bye Lady before my, my home church. I have a visitor from U.S. from Bale Fountain, Ohio, who was a preacher. And he told me, Pastor, when I would, I mean, I'm discouraged <clears throat> in my church, um, I would just look to this guy, this guy. And I was wondering, what is in that guy that can encourage you when you are discouraged? And he told me the story how this guy became a Christian. He said, the first time I met him was he was full of tattoos, earrings here and there, pursings here and there, bald, you know, with this jacket and was riding like a, he was really rugged. And more than that, he molested his three daughters. He's a drug addict. He's a drunk. He's a good-for-nothing fellow. When I, th- when I, when I saw him, I was taken aback, and I'm, I was really tempted not to talk to him about the Gospel. But the Lord has prompted me to talk to him the Gospel. And to cut the story short, when I speak and when I related to him the Gospel, he was sobbing like a baby. He trusted the Lord. And now he is the head usher of our church. And right there in our church, Seated are the mother and the three kids, the three children. And you have no trace anymore that he was like that when he was not a Christian. Completely transformed by the power of the Lord. Hey, it's the Spirit that can change us. It's the Spirit's power that can teach us to love the unlovable. Even to love God that that He requires us to love him so be controlled by the spirit so going back to the question that jesus asked peter and our question to for us today do i love jesus more today and in that story let me just summarize in that story, the first time that Jesus asked him, Jesus uh, Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you, love, do you love me more than this? That this there is not so clear whether the fish, whether the disciples, or the disciples love to the master, but I believe that it comprises to all this, all the world, all this. You promised me, Peter, that you are, going to, that you are not going to deny me. You promised that you will go to prison and even death just to follow me. You denied me for three times. Do you love me more than this? What was Peter's answer? You know, Lord, that I love you. But he used not the, agapa, not the agapao love. He used the filial love. I have a strong affection to you, Lord. I love you as a friend. Jesus asked the second question. The same question. Do you love me? The same thing that Peter said. Yes, you know, Lord, that I love you. I phileo, Lord, you. But Jesus asked the third time, do you love me, Peter? But this time he used the word phileo. Do you have really that strong affection to me as a friend? He did not use anymore the agapal or the unconditional sacrificial love. He used the love that Peter used. Do you phileo me? And in verse 17, in verse 17, this is the scenario that I would like to stress before I close this message. He said to him the third time, "Simon, son of John, do you love me?" Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, "Do you love me?" And he said to him, "Lord, you know everything." He did not say, "You know my heart. you know everything." You are the sovereign God, the all-knowing God. Nothing is hidden before you. Before the cockroach, you, know, you said already to me, Peter, I know that you are going to deny me, but I pray you that you will not be shifted like wheat. But when you are going to recover, strengthen your brethren. The Lord knows him that he will fall. The Lord knows the idiosyncrasies and weaknesses of Peter. The Lord now knows everything about him, everything that will happen. Including your life and in my life. Nothing is hidden. But even then, he loves us anyway. You know everything. When Peter recognized this, he said to the Lord, Lord, you know everything. I love you only with an affection as a friend. I cannot love you with an agape love. I tried to. You know I tried to. I thought that I can sacrifice my life for you. I thought that I can offer my life to you sacrificially, but I failed. You know my heart right now, Lord, I failed you. He was too honest here. Nothing was hidden here. What was amazing was Jesus reaction here. I want you to love me sac- sac- with 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 and you know, you want I want you to sacrifice for my life. I want you to love me with an agape love I want you to sacrifice your life your whole to me but Peter said Lord honestly this is me you know you know me this is me but even then Jesus said to him feed my sheep." before thinking of ministering to others before thinking of blessing others before thinking of being used by others Let us be honest before the Lord like Peter. The Lord, this is amazing in Christianity. In Christianity, the Lord does not overrule our weakness. Instead, he's going to use our weakness to be our strength, especially in ministering people. It's not a struggle that I I have to love God. I have to love God that, you know, which I don't have, you know. Peter was honest that I don't love God really as I love Him. I, I, I supposed to love Him, but I, whereas I want to be honest to God now. Yet the Lord is so gracious to him. Then feed my sheep. And then He said, "You see, I want to tell you what kind of death you are going to die." Jesus can talk about death. Jesus can talk about sacrifice. Jesus can talk about honestly about what will happen to his life now, that Peter was honest about his life. You are going to die. Did madescribe describe itong yun niya, so una, ang mag... Somebody will have to dress you. Somebody will going to bind you. And according to tradition, Peter died by crucifixion, but he did not die cruci- crucified just like the Lord Jesus Christ. He was crucified upside down. Because he said... I'm not worthy to die according to my Savior's death. But Peter became true to his love to the Lord. Not because he has it. Because God has transformed him. May it be that we will be like Peter today. May it be that we will just be honest before the Lord. It's not about pumping something you don't have in your life. It's not about... Getting something you don't have in your, in your heart. It's just being honest to the Lord. I don't know how to love you, Lord. I don't know how to love you really as I should. I failed you many times. I failed you. I tried to. The Lord is looking for heart. According to 2nd Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, the Lord's eyes are running to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking what? Seeking hearts that are perfect. Not perfect in the sense that they can love God more, but they are just honest before the Lord. They are just sincere, whole before the Lord. Because the Lord can just fill that heart with love. And that, like Peter, he can use that heart to be a blessing. You want to become a blessing? You want to become an instrument of blessing to others? Settle your love to the Lord. Before entertaining the thought of, I'm going to serve before the Lord. Settle the thought, do I love Jesus? in my heart more and more.